BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith, bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson is in the hot seat today for her second day of Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Early on, she forcefully rebutted an accusation from Republican Josh Hawley. He wrote on Twitter that her sentencing record as a federal judge was too lax, particularly around people convicted of child sexual abuse. As a mother and a judge who has had to deal with these cases, I was thinking that nothing could be further from the truth. She's also faced several tough questions about her work as a public defender representing Guantanamo detainees. Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition leader and Kremlin critic, has been found guilty of fraud. He was immediately sentenced to nine years in prison. Navalny, Putin's most high-profile critic, is already serving two and a half years on what he says are fabricated charges. He was also poisoned and nearly died in 2020, almost certainly on Putin's orders. After the verdict, Navalny tweeted defiantly that the work of his anti-corruption organization will continue. President Biden has a warning for American business leaders. Prepare for Russian cyber attacks. The White House says it has evolving intelligence that Putin may be planning online assaults against American companies and critical infrastructure in retaliation for Western sanctions. Biden spoke at the quarterly business roundtable. The magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential and it's coming. Mark Meadows, former Trump White House chief of staff, allegedly pushed Trump supporters to protest at the Capitol on January 6th. That's according to Rolling Stone, which spoke to a witness who overheard Meadows on a phone call with a campaign staffer planning the riot. Also on the insurrection, a judge has made the Justice Department finally disclose the whereabouts of Vice President Pence during the riots. He was hiding in an underground loading dock in the Capitol Visitor Center for four to five hours. There's a ton of posturing out there among big companies about being environmentally friendly. Now the SEC is basically saying it's time to put your money where your mouth is. The top financial regulator has initially approved a new rule that says companies must disclose how they affect the climate. The goal is transparency for investors and to hold companies' feet to the fire when it comes to business practices that raise global temperatures. Coming up, the Theranos saga continues, this time Sonny Balwani. He's the former lover of now-disgraced Elizabeth Holmes, and he's standing trial. 
WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. We all know the early days of COVID led to more drinking, but the fallout from that is only now becoming clear. An NIH study says alcohol deaths from things like liver poisoning and accidents spiked by a shocking 25% in 2020 over the year before. The total number of those deaths was 99,000. There were a lot of contributing factors, including isolation, anxiety, and people in recovery who lost their support networks. The wages of U.S. women have been growing at a slightly faster pace than men's for the past six months. According to the Atlanta Federal Reserve's wage tracker, women's pay was up 4.4 percent compared to men's 4.1 percent. Why? In part because women make up a huge share of lower paying jobs like food service, and those industries are hiking wages to lure workers. Still, recent gains aren't enough to budge a decades long truth. Overall, women still make around 83 cents to every man's dollar. So uh, win lose. Are we still feeling pumped about the idea of not changing the clocks twice a year? Well, fans of permanent daylight saving time might want to take a breath. A bill to make the change managed to sneak through the Senate on a voice vote, but the House? They're on the fence. Representative Pramila Jayapal is just one lawmaker worried about 9 a.m. winter sunrises in places like Washington State. There's currently no timeline for the House to consider the bill and no word on whether Biden would sign it. A nasty strain of bird flu is on the rise in North America after spreading across Europe and Asia last year. So far, farmers in eight states have euthanized more than 12 million chickens and turkeys in order to stop the spread. The H5N1 virus doesn't pose an immediate threat to people, but it's quickly spreading to poultry farms from migratory birds. And public health officials are concerned a dangerous species-jumping variant might emerge. So maybe hold onto your masks? The attorney general for Washington, D.C. is suing Grubhub over deceptive business practices. The new lawsuit says Grubhub orders often cost more than ordering the same item at a restaurant due to, quote, hidden fees and bait and switch advertising tactics. The lawsuit also alleges the app promises free online orders and unlimited free delivery for its premium plus service. But the company still charges delivery fees for the basic tier and service fees for both tiers, essentially inflating prices prices. Pusha T has some beef with McDonald's, and he's expressing it in a new song for Arby's. I know, I know this sounds like April Fool's came early, but the rapper really did write a song dragging McDonald's filet fish How dare you sell a square fish asking us to trust it? A half slice of cheese, Mickey D's on a budget? Arby's crispy fish is simply it. With lines around the corner, we might need a guest list. Pusha T's history with McDonald's goes way back. He claims he wrote the famous I'm loving it jingle, but was never credited. Opening statements are starting this week in the criminal fraud trial of Ramesh Sunny Balwani. For those who haven't been watching The Dropout on Hulu, Balwani is the former chief operating officer of Theranos and the former lover of Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes, who was found guilty on several counts of fraud earlier this year and is awaiting sentencing. Adam Lashinsky is a contributor for Insider, and he's here to chat. Adam, 
You've been following Balwani. Uh, jury selection ended last week. Can you paint a picture of what you've seen for our listeners? What has stood out so far is how much less attention there's been on Sonny Balwani than there was on Elizabeth Holmes. And of course, that's not surprising. That's like saying that there's less attention for a, uh, you know, a very good triple A ball club as compared to what there would be for the World Series. Mm-hmm. She was the World Series. What hurdles does Balwani face in his trial that Holmes didn't? This may not seem legal, but it's highly relevant. He just is a less sympathetic character Hmm. than she was. You know, she was a woman, a woman with a young child, with a baby, uh, when she was sitting in the courtroom. And she is someone who is famous and and has a very um, optimistic demeanor about her and had a very um, lovely story to tell about trying to change the world. He has almost none of that. He's an older man. He's been cast in the public as having been someone who who dominated a, a defenseless younger woman. Whether or not that's true, he doesn't have those same sympathies going into the trial. You even write that he scowls a lot. <laughs> you know, in January, uh, because of COVID reasons, there was a Zoom call. And so it was a bit jarring for me to actually see Sonny Balwani. And he, he sort of stared straight forward into the camera with a, with, a, with a sort of deadpan scowl on his face the whole time. I did notice a, a video making the rounds of, of him and his lawyer walking out of court uh, last week. Sonny was smiling broadly. This was after my article. Not that I'm claiming uh, any... Uh, <laughs> any ownership of his smile. (laughs) Come to Adam Lushinsky for your media rehabilitation. Um, Mm. So for listeners who might not know, uh, Balwani was a millionaire. He basically had enough money to retire in his late 30s before meeting Holmes in 2002. He was 37. She was 18. In the Elizabeth Holmes trial, they painted Balwani as controlling and abusive, both in their personal life and in their business life. Her defense painted her, meanwhile, as the sort of ingenue. So how will Balwani's defense portray him, you think? Well, uh, just as her lawyers tried to shift blame onto him, his lawyers will attempt to shift blame onto her. And they have a, a reasonably defensible position there because one of the consistent themes in Elizabeth Holmes's trial, and she said this herself, is that she was in charge. She was the founder. She was the CEO. She was the decision maker. And I'm sure they will make that point every single chance they get, that she was, that he was there to help her. He was there to give her advice. But any crimes that were committed were hers, not his. So how do you think all of this will play out or could play out for Sunny Balwani? I think he's in a really bad position in particular because some of the most damning evidence and the most damaging witnesses at Elizabeth Holmes's trial will apply even more strongly in his trial. I think that's very that should be very concerning for him. I should add the other side of the coin is that the, this is a new jury and they will be hearing the evidence with their own ears and seeing things with their own eyes. For the first time, they are not the last jury. Adam Lashinsky is a contributor at Insider. Adam, thanks for chatting. It's my pleasure. 
Be sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps, or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom designed player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Thanks for listening to the Refresh from Insider. Insider.